Good morning, Burrow. That's right. It's 9 a.m. on this Thursday morning, and it's the Morning After Sports Show. I am your host, Tubby, and uh, I'll be joined here shortly by Miss Maddie G, my co-host, each and every Tuesday and Thursday here at 9 a.m. until 11. That's right. We got two full hours of Sports Talk Radio for you right here on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. Today we're going to be looking at the upcoming soccer match. It is homecoming week. Uh, soccer is going to be playing first. They're going to be playing their uh, game in the morning. That will also be on ESPN3 uh, through their app. And also then directly after will be the football game as visiting Gannon comes down and tries to <coughs> test the jungle, if you will. So we'll have to see. Um, we'll talk about uh, that game and preview a little bit of that. Uh, Gannon is coming in uh, with the former number one running back in Division Two. Uh, so we'll see. Probably the game plan is obviously to stop that guy. Um, but, you know, we'll also see how... Gannon matches up against our very own uh, Walter Fletcher and Kyle Gaelic. So a lot of a lot of differences, uh, also um, similarities between these two teams. There's uh, a, a lot of history between these two teams, especially because they play in each other's backyards. And uh, so we'll be able to hear a little bit about that. It, it, I want to say it's a rivalry, but it's not a rivalry. It is, but it isn't. Um, the two schools really don't have, I mean, we have, other than location, there isn't really a whole lot in common. Gannon's more of a, um, they're a privately funded school. Um, and, of course, we're, we're a state-funded school. So it's kind of like blue-collar versus white-collar, uh, you know, but both offenses run about the same uh, defenses, I think Edinburgh. I just, granted, I'm not trying to be a homer here, but you know the defense side of the ball. I think Edinburgh wins that battle as well. But we'll get deeper into that. This is just a little bit of a, a gloss over, if you will. Ladies uh, volleyball is on the road this weekend. Go ahead and tell you who they're facing here, real quick. Give me a hot second. They are on the road. They are at Cal. In fact, t- tomorrow night they will be at Cal at 6 p.m. Tip off for that one. Um, you can watch live uh, through, if you go to gofightingscots.com, they will have the link up um, for the video stream for Cal. And then Saturday, uh, 1 p.m. tip off for that one. The ladies will be at Seton Hill University. So. Make sure you check that out if you can. Um, you can follow along with the live stats as well. Also through GoFightingScots.com, home of Edinburgh Athletics. All right, let's take a look now at soccer. As this Saturday, they will be playing Westchester University, 12th ranked Westchester, if you will. Uh, they'll be right here at Sox Harrison Stadium. That's a 9.30 a.m. kickoff for that game. 9.30. 
So up and early. Uh, come on out and support the ladies' soccer team. They'll be out, uh, again, playing 12th-ranked Westchester. Um, hopefully the youth for Edinburgh will shine through and uh, we'll be able to get the upset here at homecoming with all the fanfare. So it's going to be a jam-packed day. We got ladies' soccer at 9.30. 10.30 is the Kilted Mile. Then the parade at 11. Uh, 12.30, wrestling will have a outdoor practice behind Sox Harrison Stadium. Um, they'll be bringing the mats out. It'll be over there by the tennis courts. Um, so you can get your first look at the new Fighting Scots um, with brand new head coach, Coach Hill, and also assistant coach, uh, Mike De Palma. Uh, then directly after that at 2 o'clock, football kicks off against Gannon for the main attraction, if you will, um, for that football game. So a lot going on this weekend. Also tomorrow night, um, there's the crowning ceremony for homecoming king and queen, uh, the big bonfire out behind Pogue, um, all kinds of stuff to make sure you get involved. And we'll get into all of that here a little bit later on. 908 right now here at the station. We're going to go ahead and take a little break and we'll come right back and dive a little deeper into this matchup of ladies soccer as it's Westchester coming in to take on Edinburgh here on Saturday. You don't want to miss it right here on The Morning After. All right, and we're back right here on The Morning After Sports Show. And we're taking a closer look now at the Edinburgh Fighting Scots women's soccer team versus number 12 Westchester coming in here. 9 a.m. kickoff for this one. Uh, should be... It'll be broadcasted on ESPN3, accessible online to more than 86 million households at watchespn.com, on smartphones, tablets, via the Watch ESPN app, and streamed on televisions through Amazon Fire and Fire Stick TV, Apple TV, Chromecast, Roku, Xbox 360, Xbox One. Also airing on Xfinity X1 Voice Remote and X1 app, available to 22.5 million subscribers, including 5 million in the Philadelphia and Mid-Atlantic region. So a whole lot of people, basically, are going to be able to catch all the action from Sox Harrison Stadium. It's going to be an, uh, an interesting matchup, to say the very least. Uh... You know, again, Westchester comes in here, number 13 ranked. Um, a lot of youth, a lot of freshmen, a lot of sophomore uh, on this Edinburgh women's soccer team. So hopefully the ladies, I think keys for the, for this game, if Edinburgh can get out early, if they can score early in the first half and then mitigate the reaction, because most goals are scored within – Five minutes after another goal. So if you score one, right, within the next five minutes or the next five touches of the ball, uh, usually there's like another score or something to that happening. So you want to make sure that you get back, like you score your goal, that's great, and then get back on defense and basically keep it out of your area. So hopefully um, the ladies will be able to do that. But we'll check in um, with that. We'll get uh, 
Miss Maddie G's opinion on that as well. Also coming up later in the show, we have our NFL pick them. Uh, so we'll be, we'll be running through the NFL games. We're going to go ahead and take another quick break right here on 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. We'll be right back. And welcome on back to the Morning After Sports Show here on 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. Currently joined by my lovely co-host, who's definitely not running on fumes this morning, Miss Maddie G. How are you today? I am, you know, I have somebody getting me caffeine right now as we speak. Awesome. So, give it till the 10 o'clock hour. And then give you like a full hour to... And then we'll be okay. Right? Yeah. Unbeweavable. But anyway, so hey, so at least we got good weather. The rain and the storms are gone. They're gone? Gone. Gone. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Seems appropriate. And it's going to be awesome football weather. Good. Awesome homecoming weather. Very awesome. Should be like right around high 50s into the 60s. All right. Around game time. Okay, last year it was like... 80-something. It was hot. It was hot. It was dang hot. It was like last week in football. Uh, yeah, I lost like five pounds calling that game last week, <laughs> last year. All right, so like we got good football weather. Good football we weather. We got a good matchup coming. Good matchup. And we have soccer beforehand, which is a good matchup. We have a good soccer game before. Mm-hmm. I hadn't gotten to my third finger. And yeah. And we have some good events going on. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of events going on. A lot of events. You want to talk about jam? Like, you're going to, to see it all, it's really going to be something. Like, bop, 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 bop. Yeah. If you want to go to everything, you got to stay for like 10 minutes and leave. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Because we got the um, ladies' soccer match kicks off at, at 9.30. 9.30. Kilted Mile kicks off at 10.30. The parade to follow, so that starts at 11. Yeah. Ish. 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 Then at 12.30, wrestling has their open practice. They do? Outdoor open practice. By the tennis courts? By the tennis courts behind Sox Harrison Stadium. Um, also going on, there'll be all kinds of tents. There's the alumni tent. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Tubby, why are you talking about the alumni tent? Well, let me tell you, folks. It's because Luke and Chris, the voice of the Fighting Scots, will be live on remote there doing their pregame show. Talking about... Uh, previewing the game coming up and interviews and such. Should be a good time. Mm-hmm. So make sure you stop on out for that. And then... And that's located, by the way, that's located right outside the dome. Yes. And then, if you miss Chris and Luke at that point, mm-hmm. listen to that too. Because you can hear him again. Because you'll hear him again because they'll be on the call this for weekend football. for the game. For the football. For the football. Um, also, as we've mentioned... Uh, this game will be broadcast over ESPN3. Also, the ladies' soccer game will be broadcast over ESPN3. So, for some reason, you can't make it onto campus this weekend, which I feel sorry for you. Not really, because I can't make it onto campus this weekend either. So, I'll be tuning in as well. Um, you can listen to it right here on 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. And if you're outside of our FM signal, no big deal. We got you covered on EdinburghNow.com, the home of campus media. Campus media, we are everywhere you are. And then also, if you're on the go, you got to run out, get some groceries, restock on some hot dogs or hamburgers. No big deal. 
You can also catch us on your mobile device through the Nobex or TuneIn radio apps. Both apps are free and available for download. Simply type in WFSE in the search engine, and boom, there we are. Live, coming, streaming directly to your mobile device 24-7. There's a lot going on this weekend. A lot. Make sure you're following all the updates. Um, I know Edinburgh now will be tweeting their fingers off. Nonstop. Keeping everybody updated with everything they can. Um, we'll have multiple people at different locations um, keeping you updated. All right, Debbie. All righty. What's next? All right. So, all right. So we talked a little bit about soccer. I talked about the youth movement in the ladies' soccer team. Um, it's about like how uh, I believe like the ladies, if they can get out early, score early. Like if they strike first and get that first goal and get up on top, I think they'll they'll do a lot better. I think they do a lot better with the lead than they do trying to come from behind. Um, and then I also mentioned about how to mitigate. The, the reaction goal, so like if you score and then like within the first five minutes thereafter, there's usually something else that happens. So you have to like really focus up for that next five minutes. Um, so I think there's a, uh, yeah, I'm saying there's a chance. There's a chance. I mean, Westchester is highly ranked, the 12th ranked, senior driven team, very good team out of the PSAC East. So, I mean, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be a good game, I'm sure. Um, I definitely think our team is, it's a home game and usually, not usually, but typically, Mm -hmm. um, when it's a home game, uh, they play better. They play better. I mean, like not just Borough, but like any team really, um, they play not just better, but like they're kind of like, they've got that mindset that like, this is our home, home turf. Like we got to. Get out there, you know? Yeah, I mean, it'll be... Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they how they do. And it's, it's much like any team. And even, like, if you look at up through the NFL or even any major league team, when you have, like, a lot of rookies or a lot of inexperienced players, they tend to play better at home. Um, your record at home is usually better than your record away. And that just goes with familiarity. You know, they get to sleep in their own beds. Um, Edinburgh is no stranger to the spotlight. So that might be a factor. I mean, you're looking at Westchester coming all the way over from the east side of the state. It's an early game. Early game. I mean, 9.30 in the morning. Yeah. So they've been on the bus. Like, they're going to probably drive up here. I would assume they're on their way tomorrow. So they're going to be on the bus for hours to get here. Sleep in in a hotel. And then get up early and try to play soccer. So, I mean, there, there may be, the, the stack might, or, you know, the, the deck might be stacked against Westchester coming in here. Especially with all the fanfare from homecoming. Home crowd is going to get loud. Should be a very good, should be a very favorable Edinburgh environment it'll be, Saturday morning. It'll be a good, it'll be a good game. Remember, if you are a Edinburgh student, you do get in for. Tubby, you want to take it over? For free. For free. At for Sox free. At Sox Harrison Macomb, any of the athletic events, show him show him your student ID, and uh, you're in. 
<clears throat> yep, and that gets you access into the stadium. Um, also, all the great concession stands. Uh, concession stands, which I, I learned, are ran by the swim team. Hmm. Yeah, I did not know that. Thank you. Thank you, swim, swim team. team. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so you can come out and uh, check out all those great concessions. Again, <clears throat> uh, we will be literally all over the place. If you can't make it down to the parade... You can catch the parade on ETV. It'll be live broadcasted there. Um, I had the announcers in my head, and I lost them. But uh, student announcers will be announcing the the parade and give you all the parade coverage. We also have a roaming camera, which will do like on the on the street interviews. New feature this year. It'll be pretty cool. It it'll be a a big thing, you know. Yeah, it's a real life thing. Like it's well, happening. I mean, I mean, just homecoming in general. Like, yeah, it's a big deal, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. I I really enjoy it, even as a student. I haven't quite. I'm sure I'll enjoy it even more as an alum once I come back, and I won't have to work it. But, um, to to really see, I mean, it, it's homecoming weekend is when Edinburgh truly puts on its best and it has its best foot forward, and to see all the alumni coming back. Um, I know several campus media alumni are coming back as well, so it'll be great to touch base with them um, as they start to trickle in here. I believe some are coming in even tonight as we speak. Speaking of alumni, speaking of campus media alumni, uh huh. on October 5th, College Radio Day. College Radio Day. WFSE Station is hosting a WFSE Rewind where we're going to invite alumni to come back Check out our social media for all the information about that. We'd like to get some alumni in the station, get them on air, talk about their experiences here. Right. So if you missed the show or missed your show from College Radio Days or uh, like that awesome show, which used to air here uh, middays throughout the week, and that was with uh, Marissa and Hussey and also DJ Wheels. Um... There's several other shows I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, a whole bunch of shows are coming on in. So make sure um, that you check that out. Follow us on Twitter on 88.9 or WFSE 88.9. And then also check out Edinburgh Now. And on the Facebook. On Facebook page as well. Make sure you reach out. If you're interested in that, if you're alumni and you're within the sound of my voice. However you decide to do that, whether you're listening live or on the podcast which is available at edinburghnow.com on the SoundCloud. So we'll have to see uh, how that all plays out. Um, Maddie, do you want to go ahead and talk about football? Football? About the football. About the football? Like mm-hmm. the NFL football or, or the Edinburgh like football? Like the Edinburgh. I, I mean, I want to leave some meat on the bone because uh, like Chris and Luke have been doing a lot of research. They're, they're getting their interviews in. So they're going to go in, I don't want to say at nauseum, but at length. Like, this will probably be the deepest dive on the pregame ever. And they're going to give you all kinds of good information on that one. Uh, but, yeah, Gannon comes in here. Um, it's, it's an uptown rival. I, you know, it got heated. Like, we went... Up there last year and lost. The previous year, they came here for homecoming, and we beat them soundly. Uh, Gannon was ranked above us, and um, 
it was almost like a foregone conclusion at that point where they felt that um, Gannon was simply going to roll. However, Edinburgh had other plans and absolutely outlasted them. Tempers flared. Things got a little bit heated. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Gannon reacts, especially now that Gannon's not having the best season ever right now. I'm pretty sure... I almost want to say they're... I don't think they're... They might be winless at this point. I'm not sure. I know they haven't won money if they do. Um, give me just a second here as I pull it up. Do, 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 do. The magic. Okay. Yeah. Actually, they are winless at this point. They lost their opener to Southern Connecticut State University. And that was at home. Then they played Westchester, lost to Westchester 31-7. Then they played Kutztown. Kutztown is kind of the beast out of the east. They lost that one in a score of 48-33. to And then they lost to Clarion, kind of in a shocker. That's an upset. Clarion defeating uh, Gannon in Clarion 14-9 on that one. So Gannon's coming in here looking to get some get right. Looking at their schedule, though, Tubby, um, a lot of their uh, first couple games have been away. Yep. Just as Edinburgh's have been. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they opened up a they opened up a at home, and then they had Kutztown at home and lost at home against Kutztown. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they finally opened up PSAC West play and dropped their first PSAC West game. So this will be their second PSAC West game. Um, both teams are 0-1 in the conference because Edinburgh lost last week down at Cal. So both teams looking for their first in-conference win. And as Coach Bradford said um, prior to the Cal game, it's you know preseason's over. It's time to play some big boy football. And big boy football is exactly what Gannon plays. They try to uh, dominate on the line. They haven't been running their, their big stud running back that much. So I don't know if they're trying to save him for the season or um, if they have some position changes on the line that the line's not able to block for him correctly. But he hasn't had a whole lot of usage. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of game plan they come out with because I, well, you know what? I hope they try to throw because that would be fun. Go ahead and try to throw in the no-fly zone and see what Zerl Hendricks, the mayor of Pick Sixville, decides to do it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting i mean it's going to be a good game it's going to be a lot of fun i i can't wait for it lots of good matchups this weekend um even the away games that we have going on like volleyball and mm -hmm. track or cross country not track it's not track season. cross not country cross country um good matchups this weekend mm -hmm. it's going to be an exciting weekend for sports and it's going to be an exciting weekend overall Yep, should be a, a lot of fun. You don't want to miss any of it. It's all going down right here on campus, so I'm just follow the crowds. They'll be everywhere this weekend going forward. So we'll go ahead and take yet another break here on the morning after, and then coming back, we'll run through our pickums. We'll get that out of the way. Well, you didn't say that correctly. I know. 
because it's not quite the segment yet. If I was announcing the segment, I'd be like, so coming up next segment will be the NFL. Pick them. See, there's a difference. I want you make that my ringtone. Yeah, make it your ringtone. Do you record doing that on the break? Yeah, (laughs) we'll hit up the studio. I'll record Maddie's new ringtone for her because I aim to please here on the morning after. But come back. You don't want to miss any of that action as we go through the pick'ems. And uh, Miss Maddie G, still in the lead. I don't know how, but. After three weeks. We'll get into that. She's got the magic touch, touch, so you may want to listen to her. Just saying. (laughs) Just saying. All right. We'll be right back right here on the morning after on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. And we're back right here on the morning after on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. I am your host, Tubby. Alongside me today is my co-host, Miss Maddie G. Hello. <laughs> Hi, guys. I got some caffeine. <laughs> we're okay now. Yeah. So now that we're all wide awake, bushy-tailed, ready to go, it's time for our NFL Pick'em. I wouldn't go as far to say as wide awake, but I am more awake than when I didn't have caffeine. All right. Well, all right. Fake it till you make it. But I am ready for this. She is trying to defend her crown, ladies and gentlemen. I'm really not. (laughs) But you are, though. So, Miss Maddie happens to be leading the group right now. Um, Hold on, I'm pulling up the the points as we speak. Because that's what really matters. So, total overall points. Miss Maddie G in first place with 28 points. Followed closely behind by my wife. That's right, the two best pickers in our league are women. I don't know what that says. I don't know. But I'm just saying, they're pretty good at this. My wife has 25 points. Drew Patrick, Campus Media alum, formerly known as Just the Sports Guy, has 24 points. Followed closely by myself and Mr. Athletics, Trey Staunch, with 23 points. And then our listener, Irish, has 22 points. And then bringing up the rear... Just happy to be invited, our very own sports editor for The Spectator, Chris Rosato, with 16. Although he did have, he only made like three picks like week one, so he's behind the eight ball to begin with. So it's yeah. not all his fault. I can't dump on the poor kid too much. I mean, he's a busy guy. He is a very, very busy guy. We'll very, very guy. Very, very busy. Very busy, that guy. All right, let's make some picks. All right, so starting off action tonight, we have the Minnesota Vikings. Skull Vikings will be traveling to L.A. to take on the L.A. Rams. The Rams are now currently sitting at 3-0 and and look dominant and ready to roll uh, here in this matchup. The Minnesota Vikings are 1-1-1, coming off that stunning upset as Buffalo handed them a loss here last week. I can't even get to my entries. How do I make my entries? <laughs> Just click on your name. It should bring it up. All right, on. Okay, hold on. Momentarily. Oh, jeez. Technical difficulty. Okay, found it. Okay. How am I in first? I I don't know. (laughs) I can't even find the pickup. The most improbable, inept first place ever. All right, right. I'm going with the LA Rams. Um, There is some... Oh, that's the pick I wanted. Oh, crap. Now I'm fat fingering and everything. Um, Thanks a lot, touch screens. All right, so... I'm going with the Rams simply because the Vikings, their their running back is, is a little bit injured. They're a little bit banged up. They're coming off a short week. They're traveling all the way out to the West Coast. The Rams are locked and loaded, and they, I, right now they they are the team to beat in the NFL right now. Period. Period. 
So I'm not going against them. I'm going with them. I'm picking the Rams in this one. I'm going against them. You're going against them. I'm going against them. Just because, okay. Mm-hmm. This season, there have been too many games where you're like, oh, this team's going to win. And guess what? It's the upset. It's the upset. Right. You know who else was an upset? UMBC. <laughs> UMBC. <laughs> who you picked from the very beginning. Yes, so. that's that's right. We're going to continue to beat that horse. <laughs> Listen, if that's my claim to fame, that's my claim to fame. Uh, you know I've what? accepted it. You plant your flag and live your best life possible, Miss Maddie. I'm just here to facilitate. That's all I'm saying. Here we go. Then we roll into action on Sunday morning, well, Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. The Cincinnati Bengals go down south, down to Georgia, to take on the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons sit at 1-2 and two and are heavily favored in this one, even though the Bengals are at 2-1. and one. I'm sorry, the proof is in the pudding. I'm going with the Bengals in the upset in this one. So am I. Outstanding. Then it's the Buffalo Bills heading over to the frozen tundra. And Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, if here's my prediction: if Clay Matthews doesn't get flagged four times for tackling the quarterback, Green Bay pulls this one out because Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going to go with Green Bay over Buffalo. I'm going with Green Bay over Buffalo, but this is again one of those games like we all picked the Vikings over Buffalo last week, right? And the Vikings were they had a better record, yep. so I mean like. I don't, it, it might be one and of those games. I don't. I, look, I in Buffalo's in Buffalo's like. defense. Okay, before you start, you know, lighting the torches and coming <laughs> at me with pitchforks, there, Bills Mafia. Here's the dilly. Okay, you have a rookie quarterback, so you're going to be riding that rookie roller coaster. Last week, Josh Allen looked great. He looked like the future of the franchise. It looked, you know, it appeared like you finally found the heir apparent to to Jim Kelly. Okay, he looked really good. I'm not going to fault the kid. Your defense stepped up and was amazing. I don't think they have it in them for a back-to-back performance. Both both performances would be on the road, and I don't think so. I think this is where you're going to hit the valley of that roll of that rookie roller coaster, and I don't think that Allen is going to look all that good against Green Bay and their defense. So that's why I'm going with them. Now, granted, the Bills aren't as bad as we thought they were. They're not. They're they're probably a fairly decent one and two team. I look for them probably to go eight and eight this year. Possibly. Eight and eight. Maybe nine and seven with an outside shot. But I'm just saying, you know, they, they look improved, but I don't think they have enough to beat this experienced Green Bay Packers team. That game is at one o'clock. Then it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Fitzpatrick again starting. Coming out against the Chicago Bears. This is probably going to be the closest game or one of the better games of Sunday. This will be on Fox. Even though uh, like Jameis Winston and all of his crab legs are eligible to play for this game, I believe they're sitting him out and letting Fitzpatrick have one more chance. However, I believe that Fitzpatrick's leash is going to be short. Look for the quick hook if he gets in trouble like he did against the Steelers and has a bad first half. Uh, Chicago with Khalil Mack and that defense is just absolutely disruptive. Trubisky is looking good as a second-year quarterback. Uh, I got to go with Chicago in this one. I'm just not – I really think that 
that Tampa Bay, I think they're pretenders, not contenders. That's my belief. I'm going with the Bears. Me too. Okay. I just like saying the Bears. The Bears. <laughs> then it's the much maligned Detroit Lions taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Yet another 50-50 game, and it's kind of like the battle for the basement. Who wants to stink worse at this point? This one will be in Jerry's world in Dallas. You know what? I, I think I got to – I just watched the special this morning, too, about the playoff game against the, the, the Lions and and the Cowboys. I, mm, you know what? I, gosh dang darn it. I, I'm going to go – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hate myself for it, but I'm going with the Cowboys. All right. Then I'm switching mine. I'm going with Detroit. <laughs> I told myself in my head, whatever one Tubby picks, I'll pick the opposite of. We gotta have one every week. Gotta have at least one, right? Yeah. One where we end up going head to head. Also, I mean, if I lose my first place, I will not be heartbroken. I really won't be. You. She says that. I'm just here. I'm just happy to be here. She says. See, this is kind of like when your girlfriend says, "No, it's okay. Go out with your buddies and watch the game at the bar. <laughs> It'll be fine. Do what you want to do." Abort mission. I'm Abort. Just happy to Stay be here, home. I Stay home. That's not Make me, hot but. pockets and watch Lifetime with your girlfriend. I'm telling you, do not go out with your buddies and drink beer and watch the game. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, Relationship tips from Tubby, a guy who knows. I'm just saying. I am just happy to be here and happy to be invited. Although that's not my pick'em name. That's not your pick'em name. But all right. So we're moving on now with our picks. Philadelphia Eagles, Tennessee Titans. Both teams are at two and one. The Eagles are expected to be at 2-1. and one. The Titans are kind of a surprise at 2-1. and one. They kind of backed their way into it. I don't think the Tennessee Titans really have anything for the Philadelphia Eagles. This is also a 1 o'clock game on Fox. I'm going with the Eagles. I am going with – I cut you off. I'm sorry. That's, give ahead. your explanation because my explanation's worse. All right. No, I'm going with the Eagles because, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man, and I don't – I, I'm sorry. I just still think that this is still a championship caliber team out of Philadelphia, and I don't think the Titans are there. They're more lucky than they are good. So, partially picking the Eagles because you know that's who I wanted to pick, but also the Flyers have this new mascot. And his, oh my word! You're going there. His name is Gritty. Gritty. Um. The mutant Muppet. I'm really not sure how I feel about Gritty, but I did see a tweet yesterday. That the Philadelphia Eagles mascot took a picture saying, Welcome to the neighborhood, Gritty. And I thought that was cute. It was friendly. Aww. Aww. So, I mean, I'm Aww. picking Aww, professional teams sharing the spotlight with one another. <laughs> Aww. But no, if you've seen this guy. <laughs> I know Nathan talked about it on Random Hour yesterday. Oh, my word. The, the thing looks just like a mutant Muppet nightmare. Like, it'll scare small children. I don't know. It's It's, it's cute. It's so ugly, it's cute. It's cute. We'll leave it at that. It's cute. I don't know. I mean, there's some dumb mascots, but I don't know. Gritty. Gritty. I really can't, you know, I can't be picking on Gritty. I mean, the Browns have a dog named Swagger, for crying out loud. That poor traumatized dog. I bet you he's in doggy therapy. How can you name a dog Swagger? That's just, that's like all six shades of wrong. Completely wrong. All right. On Sunday at 1, the Sunday Texans one. and the Colts. Yep. Who are you going with? Oh, good Lord. 3-0 I don't know. This and is like, 1 and 2. I don't know. This is like the pig slop game of the week. Nobody wants to see this. The Texans are in trouble. 
Indianapolis, their only bright spot is Andrew Luck, and he's okay. He's like the world's okayest quarterback at this point, coming off of surgery. There's really not a whole lot of defense played by either team. There's really not a whole lot of offense to get excited about. I don't know. This is probably one of those that's going to end in like a 6-3 field goal. It's like going to be like a kicker's duel or something lame. I don't know. I'm just going to go with the Colts. I say the Texans get their first win. Okay. 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 I mean, that's feasible. I can't argue against it. It's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. Then coming up, the Miami Dolphins versus the New England Patriots. New England Patriots are struggling with a record of one and two. Miami, Miami though, probably the shocker out of the AFC, coming up three and zero. Oh. This will be in New England at Gillette Stadium. Miami going into a hostile territory. I can't say that Miami looks like world beaters, but they've beaten everybody so far. And apparently now, like, New England is doing this thing where they play down to their competition. And they don't look like Tom Brady and and the Patriots. Mm. Yeah, the heck with it. I'm going with, even though, here's the really dumb thing. Miami at 3-0 is the underdog to New England at home, who has a 1-2 record. I'm going to go with Miami in the unbelievable upset. I can't believe it's an upset, but sure, I'm going to go with Miami on this one. I wasn't sure, and then I went to go scroll my screen because I have this here touch screen, mm-hmm. and my finger hit Miami, so I'm sticking with it. Yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna go for it, you know. It's okay. There's plenty of room out here on the ledge with Tubby. There, there's. You can come hang out. It's just have some tea. We'll have some crumpets or whatever. I mean, if we both get it some wrong, pastries. at least we're together and we both got it. Yeah, at least we're at least, least right. misery loves company, and at least we'll be together on it. All right. Then it's the New York Jets hanging down. Headed down to Jacksonville. Jacksonville, they got me twisted. They got me twisted because they're starting to look all bipolar on me. Because they looked like absolute dominant team two weeks ago against New England. Because they out New England, New England. And then they lay a stinker last week and end up losing that one. I'm going with my Jags because... I don't know why. I guess it's just the fan in me. Also, I have a nice sweater to wear. So if I'm rooting for the Jets for this game and wearing a Jaguars sweater, it, it doesn't work out. Right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Jacksonville. All I think right. I've picked them every week. Yeah, I think you have. I mean, they lose, they lose. You've only been wrong once. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's okay. Also, again, just happy to be here. All right, well, I'm taking them. I'm going with you. I'm taking Jacksonville as well. I don't think that – I think the New York Jets are a year away from the team they want to be. I don't think that they have it this year. And it's going to be confusing, and they're going to look really good at times, but I think other times they're going to be horrible. Speaking of horrible, here come my Cleveland Browns at 1-1-1, and taking on the 0-3 Raiders in the black hole in Oakland. Chucky Gruden and his Raiders are desperate for a win, and they're looking to get some get-right over the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns are starting the brand-new quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Baker, Baker, the touchdown maker. 
Come to save Cleveland now that Braun's a Laker. Did you make that up or see it somewhere? I saw it somewhere. Okay. Because it's pretty cool. It was right? really clever, so I was right? not doubting you, but... Oh, okay. If you came yeah, up with sense. that on the spot... I know, right? Which you do a lot, but like... Yeah, I make up some things, but no. Like the really good stuff, no, I, I actually acquire. I reappropriate from other people, so... All right. No, I found that one on Twitter. Are you going with the Browns? <sighs> That's the question of the morning. See, it's scary because this is a trap game. It, it really is, because if you're Cleveland, you're kind of underestimating Oakland... Because Oakland has struggled. Their defense has struggled. Their offense has struggled to move. Um, Chucky Gruden still thinks it's 1998, which I agree with him. I'd go back to 1998. I mean, that was a good, that was a good year for me. However, comma, it's not good for football. Uh, I, I have a lot of question marks. I, I believe in Baker Mayfield. I believe in the, I believe it's hope, not hype behind Baker Mayfield. However, comma, I don't know exactly how he's going to do now that a team has a full week to prepare for Baker Mayfield and game plan against him. I think Baker has enough weapons there between Higgins, Landry, and uh, Najoku at tight end. Running Hyde is, is Do you want to come easy. back to this one? We can go through the last three or four, and then we can come back? No, I'm just going to pick it. I'm okay. Gonna, I, you know what? I Stuck with him this long. <laughs> Let's go with my brownies. I am going with the Raiders. Just stick with that. That's a smart pick. 0-3, getting yeah. their first win of the week. Right. I mean, it, it's definitely get-right week. I mean, if you're ever going to get some get-right, now's the, the week to do it because next, next week's going to turn into, like, must-win mode because the NFL is, is a game of quarters. Right now we're coming into the end of the first quarter, and you want to set up the second quarter with enough wins behind your belt. So if you can go in at two and two, whereas some teams will go two one and one at this point, it's not so bad. You ended up winning that first quarter. So if you take it bite size by bite size like that, it's not so bad. All right, Seattle Seahawks going down to Arizona. Arizona struggling at zero and three to Seahawks at one and two. Although Russell Wilson did look really good in his game last week. I'm going to go with the Cardinals, and I think they get some get-right coming through Seattle. I don't think all the weapons are there for them. So uh, so I'm conflicted because I want to go with the Cardinals to keep that like 0-3 getting the first win theme for this week because mm-hmm. I've picked every, every other one, I think. Um, but also the Seahawks are they're looking good to me. Okay. I, I'm going to go with the 3 and, or 0-3 theme. But I know I'm gonna regret it. <laughs> right, right. Because you know, Maddie, Maddie's kind of like approaching her picks. You know, kind of like Flip does your eggs. Flip Cafe here locally in town does your egg any way you want it. That's how you get it. I just pick them. That's my secret. Right from Flip Cafe. Open now, <laughs> by the way. Check just, them out on Facebook. I okay. just pick the teams. That's the secret. Just go with what you feel is right. Okay, makes sense. <laughs> Then it's the New Orleans Saints at 2-1, taking on the New York football Giants in New York. The Giants are at 1-2. Pat Shermer and his battling team taking on Drew Brees, who had to go through like Herculean efforts in order to get these two wins. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm, I'm going to go with the Giants. I, call me crazy. I'm going with the Giants. 
and they are like heavily underdogged here. But I'm going with the Giants. All right, Chubby. Okay. Following your lead. That may get you in trouble. It's uh, just one game. <laughs> just one game. Just one game. I'll follow you, your lead. If it goes well, we'll see. All right, then we have the San Francisco 49ers versus the L.A. Chargers. Niners are in some some issues as their quarterback, their starting quarterback, Garoppolo, out with an ACL tear. Dunzo for the season. If you're a Niners fan, A, I feel sorry for you. B, you might as well just pack it in and start looking at draft picks. I'm saying. I, I'm, going, I'm going with Rivers and the Chargers. That's all there is to it. I'm going to go with the Chargers. That's a good For choice. no particular reason. But this next game, I have no idea. <sighs> Ravens and Steelers. Okay. It's here. Simple. Okay, look. Simple. Please Simple. give me your tubby knowledge. Take Baltimore. Take Baltimore. Take Baltimore. Why? Because Pittsburgh has been, you want to talk about roller coasters. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been on a. The Pittsburgh Steelers are like, are like a, a bipolar off their meds on a roller coaster. These guys have no clue who they are right now. They got a broken locker room. They're sick and tired of talking about Le'Veon Bell, who refuses to show up. Then you got AB missing practice, like he don't need it. Then you got a defense who just, I don't know, just lays down. Like a folded sheet. I, I'm telling you, Baltimore's about to go in there and just eat them up at Hinesville. I, I'm sorry. I know this is a rivalry game for, for the Yenzers, but people, your team don't look so good. It don't. They just don't. You know what, though? You're going to take the Steelers. I'm going to do it. Why not? Why not? Why not? They're favorited. Oh, no. I accidentally hit the next game, too. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. The next game. Next game. Kansas City Chiefs and the new darling of the NFL, Pat Mahomes, at quarterback, taking on the Denver Broncos in the Monday night game in mile high. So this will be the first meeting between Mahomes and Vaughn Miller. Ooh, ooh, so, ooh, as I just ooh. said, I accidentally hit Kansas City already. Uh-huh. But I'm going to go outside the box mm -hmm. and change the test answer. Oh, damn. I'm going to go with the Broncos. I feel like the Broncos, they're 2-1 and one right now. I feel like them going into this week, they're saying, like, listen, Kansas City's 3-0. and oh. We want to be 3-1. and one. Look, Here's what I know. Mahomes, second-year quarterback, looking good. Why does Mahomes look good? A, he doesn't make too many errant passes, but the guys around him are playing for him. They are fighting for that ball to make him look good. Denver? Denver doesn't have that. Denver kind of backed their way in at 2-1. and one. I don't think Denver's for real. I think Denver is more pretender than a contender. Did you make that one up? I did not. I mean, that, okay. that's that been a long-running thing. Oh, okay, like, okay. there's several sports shows that, that play okay. the game contender, pretender. It was, it was good. All right. Yeah. But my theory here is there are only three teams with three and O's right now. Uh-huh. The Rams. Uh-huh. They're legit. The Dolphins. Mm, it's questionable. In Kansas City. Legit. 
I don't know what it is. But somebody's got to go down. Is that what you're saying? No. I'm just saying, like, it's hard to keep a streak going like uh-huh. that. I don't think they'll make it out. Of, I don't think they'll make it. There won't be that many. There may be some 4-0 teams, but there won't be any 5-0 teams. I, I almost, almost tubby guarantee it. Tubby guarantee. Tubby guarantee it. I mean, it's hard because then at that point, everybody that plays you is like, listen, we want to be there first. Right, then you have a giant target on your back and everybody and their cousin is game planning for you. Like it's... Trying to come for the crown. I mean... It's like when you hit that lottery... It's like when you hit that winning lottery ticket and then you end up inheriting relatives you didn't know you had. That's how many people end up coming after you. Just saying. All right, so Tubby, pick your... uh yeah, so I'm going to go, I'll see, I'm going to say Kansas City 27, Denver 14. Let's make sure my picks submit. And locking it in. Before I exit off this page and realize Monday night that none of my picks have been saved. Oh, I wouldn't cry. I wouldn't shed a tear. <laughs> Would not. All right, let's see our group pick grid. My picks are locked. Yay! So, we need to make sure our uh, team here is picking their picks. Yeah, they're making them. <laughs> I, I, know th- I know that the wife already submitted hers. Okay. Um, which, by the way, no, I did not take, you know, pick them advice from my wife. <laughs> That'd be cheating. I mean... I know what you're thinking. I take it from you, so I mean... Well, that's different. We, we host a show together. But, you know, this is a competition. This is competition. Yeah, this is for bragging rights at the Tubby House. Bragging rights. Yeah. Wow. 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 So yeah, so I I don't know. I, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping the crown comes back to the Tubby House. You know, either I win it outright or my wife does. But I don't know. For as much as she says, for as much as she says that she's not, Miss Maddie is putting up one heck of a fight. It's like I'm only like one or two ahead of most of you. Like we're most all really close. Yeah. So if you want to join us and try to come in and beat Maddie for the week, <laughs> you can do so. Jump on to ESPN.com. Go to NS- fantasy.espn.com backslash pigskin pick em and look for the morning after pick em. Just type that in the search bar and you'll find it. You can join our group. It's wide open to the public. It costs you nothing. We are not gambling. This is simply for bragging rights. It will cost you nothing. It will earn you nothing other than the pride and the privilege to say, you know what? I beat everybody on the morning after. Um, if you're looking for a quick link, if links for the lazy, go ahead and check out our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash the morning after sports show. There is a link posted there predominantly for the pigskin pick'em. Also check out the Morning After Facebook page for exclusive content with interviews with coaches and players from all the Edinburgh sports that you care about. We're going to go ahead and take a break here on the Morning After. Hopefully coming back, we should have um, Randy McElwain, uh, Edinburgh football alum. He'll be on air with us talking about Edinburgh football and um, what he's been up to. And how Edinburgh has helped him from his from his time here, what he learned here, and how he's applied it in his life thus far. 
So don't miss any of that right here on The Morning After on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. And we're back right here on The Morning After Sports Show here on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. I'm your host, Tubby. And today I'm joined by Randy McElwain, alumni here of Edinburgh, football alum. Sir, how are you today? And thank you for your time. I'm doing fine, man. I just caught the red eye in uh, from, from L.A. to Cleveland and drove over. So it's been a good morning. It's been good seeing some pine trees instead of palm trees for, 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 for a morning at least. <laughs> right. I mean, we're, at least you're coming in and we have some decent weather for you. It's supposed to be the 60s on through in, up until uh, game time. I'll take sixties. I'll take sixties. It's a nice mild feeling. It's a good hoodie weather. You know, it's it, it's fall. It's fall in the Northeast, man. It feels good. I mean, it's it's not like that in LA. <laughs> it's hot. It's still it, hot. It still feels like summer. So I, I can deal with sixties. Yeah, I, I I spent a little bit of time out west, and for me, not having the seasons change really kind of messed up my head a little bit. Yeah, I've lived primarily in the South and in the West um, over the last. 25 years or so and you know they really have two seasons it's hot and not real hot right you know, that's that's pretty much it so Where, whereas up here in borough we have two seasons winter and construction exactly exactly <laughs> there you go so all right so we're looking at um you played football here for edinburgh yes what what attracted you to, to come play here at, at edinburgh you know i think for me um primarily i thought about a school that I I felt like I could be comfortable with and graduate from. I mean, I didn't think of I didn't approach it from a football standpoint originally, even though I got recruited to play football here. I was looking at a school that I felt like I could graduate, um, where I felt like the class sizes were going to be commensurate to what I was experiencing in high school, so that I could get the most out of my education. Because I was never one of those kids who grew up, even though I'm from Canton, Ohio. I was never one of those kids who grew up thinking, oh, all I ever want to do is sports. I always knew I wanted to do other things with my life. And so, you know, and my mother being a school teacher, my father having been, a, you know, an executive in the city, um, it always was on my mind to go to a place that was going to fit me educationally. So what attracted me was the class sizes, um, the fact that Edinburgh was a smaller school, so you were going to get to know people. There were people from my area uh, not only as recruits, but kids who were already here as juniors and seniors, kids I knew and had played ball with. Um, and so I just felt like, you know, if they've come here and found some success, I think I can succeed here as well. That's one of the things I keep hearing about Edinburgh compared to other schools. Some schools, some of the larger schools, some of the D1 schools you look at, you end up being more of a number than you do a student. But here at Edinburgh, you get the chance and you develop a personal relationship um, not only with your advisors, but also with your professors that you interact with. Well, not only that, I mean, if you, if you look at the NCAA in general, and I guess it's loosened up now that they allow you to play four games in, in red shirt and then transfer, but uh, you don't really have a lot of choice when you're a student athlete. I mean, the school you pick is the school you're stuck with. It's not like that for coaches or for anyone else, but that is the decision that they're asking teenagers and young adults to make, which, you know, and they penalize you from an eligibility standpoint, at least they used to, if you decided that, you know, you got here and it wasn't a good fit. So, you know, again, it was always important for me to choose a place where I would feel like I could go here academically, whether I, you know, blew out my knee and never played another down again or whether or not I was going to continue athletically. Um, I just wanted to be at a place where I felt like I could graduate and I would be comfortable at. Right. So athletics got you into the door. Yes. What did you end up studying once you got in the door? What, what did you major in? I initially was a elementary education major. 
Um, and yeah, exactly. Um, I learned very quickly that the kids would rather crawl and climb me than, uh, <laughs> than listen to me because I was going for L ed. So I was going for young, I mean, kindergarten, first, mm-hmm. second, third grade. That's what I was, I was looking at, at teaching. Um, and so I wound up, you know, wanting to get an air shift, um, you know, on the radio here. And they said, well, if you do that, you have to take a certain amount of courses, and so I got bitten by the communications bug, switched my major to communications, um, and then just grinded, you know, um, wound up doing an internship uh, my last semester here at Edinburgh at WSEE, Channel 35 up in Erie, and I got hired during that internship. And so literally I was I was on the air before I got my diploma, you know, as a journalist. So it was that was the start. And, and you know, I have to credit Edinburgh and, you know, uh, some of my former professors for encouraging that and encouraging me and just letting me know that this could be a career for me. Um, it was, it was very reassuring. You know, I was sitting in the same chair you were, uh, one day and you, you, I'm I'm sure that you guys still have to read news breaks, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you get it off the AP wire, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, I had to do that one day, my first time on the air and I got the AP wire and I thought, you know, this doesn't sound like college speak. You know, I'm, I'm, my audience is college students. Mm -hmm. So I rewrote all the wire copy. Um, to fit what I felt um, would be, you know, a conversational approach to tell college students about news. And literally, this like two seconds after I read it, um, and I was reading a break during someone else's show, two seconds after I read it, the phone lights up, and I'm wondering, okay, what just happened? Right. And it's Dr. Gary Christensen. And you're all, you're, you know how you get that call from the mm-hmm. advisor, you're yeah. wondering if you just screwed up on air. Uh-huh. And he said, you know, did you change the copy? And I said, yeah. And he said, you wrote that copy? And I said, yeah. He said, that's a great job. He said, you're the first student we've had in a long, long time who had the the sense to change the copy, not only to fit your voice and cadence, but also to to the audience that's listening to you, which is college students. He said, keep it up. And he said, I think you have a future in this. So that was very encouraging. Right Right after, you know, your first time you're really on the air, the first time you have a news read, and your professor calls you immediately because he's been listening and hits you back with some positive feedback. That felt good right there. Yeah, I, I know I've gotten, believe it or not, I've gotten plenty of those calls. Mm-hmm. Some of them some of them good, Yep. some of them bad, but it's always uh, it, it's always like a, a knee-knocking event when, when you get the, uh, you know, the head of the department to come down and be like, uh, can I have a word? Right. <laughs> you right. get that look and it's like, uh-oh. Yeah, it's reass- and it's reassuring that that they're e- even listening to you. Right. I mean, when you think they're not listening, they're listening to you, and so that was reassuring that that our professors cared enough to actually listen to stuff that they really probably didn't want to listen to. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, frankly, college radio. Uh, Dr. Gary Christensen, who was our advisor back then, he was way past the college radio listening days uh, at right. the time he was a professor. Like, what but, is this noise they're playing? Exactly. What is this hip hop thing? You know. Right. But he listened. I mean, he and he listened. You know, morning through night. I mean, he listened, and so that was always important to know that that um, you know one one of your listeners was the guy who was who was going to give you a grade, you know, or the guy who was at least trying to advise you along the way. Yeah, we had a uh, my best college radio moment. Um, my former broadcast partner and I. It was his. There's no. It was his senior or his junior year, and we were on the call for football. It was senior day, and we're doing the, the post-game interviews. And I was interviewing Austin Reese, who mm-hmm. was our kicker at the time. And his parents came to me, and they said, you know, 
Tubby, we really enjoy your broadcast and because I do a lot of corny stuff. Like I'll make up nicknames for the players. Right. Like for Austin <laughs> Reese, the kicker, I called him Austin Automatic Reese. <laughs> gotcha. Um, uh, for current players like Zero Hendrick, I call him the mayor of Pick Sixville. Gotcha. So I, I do things like that to kind of spice it up. Some people like it, some people don't. But right. the the point of the story is they came to me afterwards and they're like, you know, we really appreciate you on the broadcast and making it so special mm-hmm. because a lot of the times they were on the road and they weren't able to come watch the games. Right. But they heard our broadcast. They were able to stream it through the mobile devices or right. they heard us on air over the radio. Right. And they, they said like they felt like they were there. Right. And that to me was like the biggest compliment. And it kind of cemented it at home. Like, hey, you know what? You know, I, I'm not just doing this for a grade. I'm not just doing this for credit. These are our parents and other people that, you know, loved ones of these players. And I'm describing the picture for them. It's a performance. Yeah. It's a performance. And you know, that phone call or that appreciation you get is your standing ovation. And, you know, that's the that's the thing about communications or media or journalism, um, which is my field, is that um, every day you're graded. Every day there is mm-hmm. every day there is people get to see whether or not you worked or not. They're going to see whether or not you 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 were creative today or not or whether, how much work you put into it because you're on air. You know, I'm, I'm on television in Los Angeles. You know, that's really, I mean, it's New York and L.A. and every place else in terms right. of media. It's markets one and two. Ex- exactly. So, and I've been on network television as well, but Los Angeles is consistently, I mean, who produces more media than the city of Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. You know, so when you are when you crack a niche there, you've done so through a lot of years of trying to perfect your performance and being consistent in what you're doing. And, and um, you know, that started for me right here, learning how to be consistent with that and getting repetition and doing that. And so, but, but at the same time, like you said, I mean, it, people are watching you when you don't think people are watching, people are watching when you don't think they don't care. They, they care when you don't think you did the greatest job in the world. They might've thought it was great. You know, or when you thought you did something great, they might've thought it stunk, but you're going to be evaluated every day. It's one of the few jobs where every day the public gets to actually give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And so it keeps you on your toes. It actually keeps you, um, I guess it keeps you young, so to speak, and keeps mm-hmm. you hungry um, to make sure that you're competing at that level every day. Right. Because, I mean, you, it's kind of like you don't have, it's a pop quiz every day. Every day. Every day. So you best be studying and putting the effort in, putting the work in. 1035 right here on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. This is the morning after. And, of course, I'm your host, Tubby. Today with me I have special guest alumni Randy McElwain uh, in studio for about probably, I guess maybe the next twenty minutes or so. I know. I know. Long. I got a meeting at eleven thirty. But aside from that, okay, we're good to go. All right, good because we go off air at eleven, so that'll work out great. There we go. Got a chance to get you a snack in there before you get out to your meeting. I'm good. I'm good. It's a luncheon, so it's supposed to be a working lunch. So we'll see. Oh well, God. See, in fact, we're, my... gonna, we're working on a curriculum for for communications. See, that's another thing I wanted to talk about you too, because like within the next, within the last like few years, mm-hmm. media has changed so violently right from you know you had the three standards you had radio you had tv you mm-hmm. had print and the three didn't mix but now you got a mix because even though you, you have might, digital yeah so even though you're 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 writing for a newspaper they may ask you to do a 30 second web spot it's digital 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 people are consuming information on their phones and on their devices and they're streaming things and so Nobody has to, there are, 
you know, your generation is not going to have a news person that they turn to and go, that was my guy. Like, my parents' generation mm-hmm. turned to Walter Cronkite. Like, my generation might have watched, you know, more of a Tom Brokaw or a Dan Rather. Your generation isn't going to have that. I mean, even Anderson Cooper, who's probably the one guy you can identify with from being young to the point you are at now um, as having an anchor position at CNN – is not going to be the millennials news guy, so to speak. Nope. The, the, the audience for CNN is a significantly older audience, as it is for most news broadcasts. So the people who are consuming news um, as millennials are doing so on devices. And that's what we need to really, really enhance. If I could impress it on anybody who's in communications now, um, learn how to write and produce for digital. If you can do that, then you can be successful for a very very long time in this business because technically our even in Los Angeles our website drives as much traffic and as much interest and almost as much advertising revenue as our on air um our on air product does on a daily basis and it's serious i mean it is i'm asked to do things digitally that i i i was not trained for and and so you know me being at my age now and having been in the game for 28 years i'm having to relearn all sorts of things to make sure that i'm i'm bringing along that next audience because the demographic i'm looking for is women 25 to 54 I'm closer to that 54 range. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't I don't talk to a lot of 25-year-old women, but those are the women who are coming in, starting their careers, being more career-minded, and they're living off their cell phones. So I need to find creative ways to, to, to communicate with them on their phone, which is entirely different than the way I might do a story on television. Right, because now you're looking at, instead of doing like a, a one- to two-minute segment, with production and all that. Now you got to condense it down. You're looking at like a 30-second, I think, if you do it on Twitter, I think the most you can do is 2 minutes, 10 seconds right. for a video. So you have to condense everything down. you got to get the point across, get all the facts out, and then on top of that, make it entertaining so that people come back. It has to hold their attention, and, they, and you want them to share it. So, it, you know, you really have a short time. I mean, it's even almost shorter than the... The attention span that you have in the remote control of people, you know, remote control changing the channel and surfing TV. I think that you have, um, you know, literally almost a split second because you you everybody looks at their phone and they look at their Instagrams and they scroll and, and then they stop when they see something interesting. Then they scroll and then they stop when they see something interesting. And that's about how long you have. You know, the, the, the amount of time it takes your thumb to go from up to down is about how long you have to, to get someone's attention in the digital world. So you definitely want to do it. Um, you definitely want to make sure that you're what you're doing is concise so they can digest it with that picture or with that headline, you know, and that mm-hmm. that draws them in. And then you want to make sure that that you're delivering on a, on a production. It's not they're not going to be sitting there looking at their phone for six minutes. You're right. Or two minutes. They're going to you know, they're going to want a minute, minute and a half. And, and that's about it. You know, if you're going much longer than that, unless you're a music video and you're Rihanna and you're just thoroughly entertaining. Right. Nobody's watching that long. I mean, you have to be really, really entertaining to maintain that level. And I and I, I have a 14 year old son, so I watch him scroll through stuff and it's really eye opening what catches his eyes and what doesn't. You know, and things that I think that he would find interesting, he doesn't like at all. And things that I, I have no interest in. He's highly interested in. So it's an it's an entirely different audience. And I think, you know, as you start looking back at younger audiences beyond millennials to that next generation coming up, it's going to be even harder and harder. But that's why I say people need to train for it now. Mm -hmm. Learn how to communicate through digital, learn how to write and produce for digital. 
that those are the journalism and communication jobs of the future. And it crosses everything. I mean, politics, every form of communication is going to be communicating di- digitally. Who's not doing it right now is the person who's losing. Right. Yeah, I, I completely understand. And now they're looking at uh, you go for a job interview and as part of your resume, you almost have to list your social media accounts. And then if you don't have a social media account, like you don't have a Facebook account, you don't have a Twitter, you don't have an Instagram, right. they kind of look at you sideways like, okay, why not? Well, and you know what? I, I will say this. Um, as a journalist, I engage on some of those social platforms. In my private life, I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I do it for the purpose of, ger- of journalism. Otherwise, I would never be on Facebook. In fact, my Facebook page is a fan ba- page. So all my friends who say, well, why aren't you on Facebook? Well, because I have your number. And I'd rather call you. Yeah, if, if I want to talk, I'll call you. <laughs> I'd rather call you up. You know, I mean, right. you know, uh, to, and to me, you know, even all these years later, like I got a call from my, my old teammate, Ron Hainsey. Uh He was my left. He was my le- I was a tight end. He was my left tackle. So we, you know, we were tight. Yeah. We were tight. And so, you know, I hadn't heard from him in a, long, in, a, in a while. And so he calls me and says, hey, you know, I'm going to be out in Southern California. You know, my son's playing. He's, his son's the starting left tackle for Notre Dame. Oh, wow. And so he said, you know, I'm going to be, uh, we play Navy in San Diego, and I'd love to see you down there. But if I can't, I'll catch you in L.A. because we play USC in L.A. And so I was like, no problem. I got you. You know, as soon as you get here, the brisket will be on the grill. We're going to get it in. You know what I mean? But it's good to get the phone call. A Facebook post is, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, hey, how you doing? And then you got to, you know, then you want to spend the whole time typing someone. Or would you rather just pick up the phone and, and talk? I'm, I'm old school like that. I'd rather just talk. So right. that's why, I, I, again, I'm not a big user of it in my private life, but professionally and for journalists who are coming up, I suggest you you get into it immediately. Yeah, because I use it. Uh, Facebook, I use more, is, is more of my personal stuff with a lot mm-hmm. of my friends. A lot of guys that I deployed with. Uh, when I, I did a, a tour in Iraq for a year, um, and we were spread all out now mm-hmm. across the country. So I use Facebook um, that way, keep in contact with those guys, guys I went to high school with. Right. And uh, But I can kind of tell by their tone. Like if they reply to something on Facebook, I was like, all right, dude needs right. a phone call. Right. So then I'll call them up and be like, all right, what's going on? Right. You know, what you got cooking? And then they let me know, and we kind of work through some things, and that's how that works. Well, and then, but it, and it's always better to talk, though, isn't mm-hmm, it? I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, truthfully, it's always better to talk than it is to type because there's no in, there's no interpretation. Exactly, you don't share laughter on right. the phone, you know, o- over Facebook. You you use emojis. I mean, you yeah. share laughter over the phone, and I think you know, again, you know, I think part of the problem with the world today is that enough people don't don't talk. They don't share stories. You know, to me, I was mm-hmm. always one who believed that stories make the world go round. I don't care who you are. Or, or where you're from, or uh, you've learned everything you've learned through the telling and retelling of stories. Mm-hmm. You know, so to me, stories make the world go round. It's the one thing that we can always do um, that can always be thoroughly um, enjoyable, um, even in a debate, even in an argument, even storytelling in arguments. The political argument in the bar or barbershop is a great story, mm-hmm. usually. And so... Um, I just think that people have to have to remember that and not focus so much on those. The, the, just like you need to be involved with all your devices and social media, I think sometimes it's good to set the devices down, look people in the face, and have a conversation. Right, and just actually enjoy and be in that moment. You don't have to record the moment, but just be in the moment. When you're looking at somebody, you see their humanity. Mm-hmm. When you when you're talking about somebody, you don't see them at all. You know what I mean? You're just, you know what I mean? Right. You're, it, there's a there's a real difference, I think, in the discourse when you can look somebody in the face who you might disagree with 
and still be able to have a conversation with him as opposed to I heard what he said now I'm going to I'm going to respond right. with my snide remark. Yeah, whereas you're you're listening listening to be heard as opposed to listening to when he shuts up so you can get your point across. Exactly. And I think it's the lost art of empathy. You don't get you don't get empathy through through typing. You don't get where that other person is coming from. Exactly. Cuz that's not really it's not necessary. You know, all communication is not communication. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some things that are just forms of communication, but it's not actually, you're not actually engaged with someone. You know, like Twitter trolls. Yes. That, that's not someone who's engaged with somebody. That's just somebody who's trying to basically, you know, shoot a spitball at you from across the room and doesn't want to be detected. That's the kid in the back of the class who, you know, mm-hmm. who does that. That's what the, the, the Twitter troll is. So he's not trying to engage. He's just trying to incite. And he's not really talking to you so much as he's just screaming into the wind to try to, you know, raise someone's blood pressure, basically. Right. So that's why I say all forms of communication aren't necessarily communicating with people. There's no intimacy to it. There's no humanity to it. There's no empathy to it. It's missing all the lost art of a simple conversation. Right. Hopefully one can lead to the other. Yes. And you can engage. Um, I've met several people through, because I'm a I'm a disjointed Browns fan. I am too. I'm not a disjointed Browns fan. I'm a diehard. Well, I, I I'm disjointed, and the reason I say disjointed is because I no longer live within the city limits. I have a dual citizenship. <laughs> my my father lived in Cleveland and, and raised me a Browns fan. My mom lived here just down the road in Titusville. Right. So I say that I have a dual citizenship, but my heart lies in the two one six. There you go. And I don't get to participate in. You know, a lot of time I'm out of the TV market. Thank God for the internet. I can stream most things. Right. But if I'm unable to do that, I'll end up watching. Like I'll w- end up watching my Indians games. Right. Via Twitter, and I'll be I'll be tweeting back and forth with with my friends who are at the game, and then uh, like for our tailgates that we go when we go to the Browns games, uh, that I've kind of backed out just simply because it's it's just too expensive for me at this point. But we have a family tradition. My sons and I we always go to opening day. And it's always like a, a huge event, and all of my friends that I've met right. via Twitter, they'll show up, right. you know, and we have a, a great time together. And it's it's really good to like go back. I, I call it going back home or going back to the mecca, right, to the land, because I can almost within six degrees of separation relo- relate every sports story back to Cleveland. When when Cleveland, any Cleveland team comes to any city that I've been in, whether it was uh, Dallas or or now in Los Angeles, I'm there. Um, even close, like uh, when they played San Diego at San Diego before the Chargers moved to L.A., um, we went down and, you know, we were, you know, we wound up losing. It was it was a heartbreaking game. We wound up losing the last second. Um, and, you know, it was it was one of those days where when we came into the stadium, you know, the Chargers fans were kind of looking at us like, who are these folks? And I tried to warn them that, you know, the one thing about us Browns fans is we are all from basically the same area. Uh-huh. So you guys are kind of spread out and don't really know each other. We are like neighbors. We all yeah. know each other. So if you mess with one of us, you've messed with all of us. You can. I guarantee you there's going to be a fight. Right. I guarantee you anybody wearing orange will not hesitate to get involved if they see somebody orange in a scrap. So right. be forewarned. You know, I tried to let them know. But We're, it's funny because you talk about that and it's like, in Cleveland itself, you got the east east side, west side beef. Yes. But 
you know, you move outside of that, you go to a away game, yep. and it don't matter. Like, you could be from, like, West 150th and Lorraine I, or 25th and Denison. I have it heckled, doesn't matter. Yeah, I've heckled Cowboys fans. I've heckled mm-hmm. Rangers fans. I've heckled Mavericks. I've heckled <laughs> uh, Chargers, Rams, you know, uh, Lakers, Clippers. If, if one of my Cleveland teams is in town – I'm usually there screaming at the other team. I don't care who it is. So. <laughs> I don't care whose house I'm in. Yeah. My I, team's here. And now I'm getting the benefit of having LeBron in L.A. So I was just going to ask you about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm getting the benefit of having LeBron in L.A., and that's that's going to be a great thing because I really do think that, um, um, first of all, we know he let, he raised the level of play for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, he's got a guy um, who I think is a very underrated pickup in Rajon Rondo. Um, who has a, a high, high basketball IQ, who gets buckets for guys who aren't real, really scorers. And he actually has guys who can score on this team. He has a Kuzma. He has uh, a Bron, who's the biggest, fastest, strongest wing he's ever played for. LeBron is going to actually get a chance to play with a real point guard who can actually distribute the ball and get other people's shots. Kyrie was a scoring guard. Mm-hmm. And so with Rondo... Now you have to guard a LeBron who can just run, yep. run the floor. It's at, I would if I if I were guarding LeBron, I would rather see him walking the ball up the floor yes. and know where he was going to be and have him in front of me, than maybe have somebody run a back screen for him, right? Or have him, you know, doing the Reggie Miller where he's going to run, he's going to do the around the world, and now you got to keep up with him step for step, or switch and get out of your rotations, or whether he's cutting for lobs now. I don't know how you guard him at with the level of athleticism he has when he's off ball and you got a guy who can hit him with passes. I don't know. So I think that's a very underrated pickup. And and you look at what, what Rondo did for the Pelicans. Mm -hmm. Um, Who else is on the Pelicans other than Anthony Davis? You know I mean? Boogie went down. So think about, think about that for a second. And when you can't name another Pelican, um, that's when you know how valuable a Rondo is. And when the Pelicans don't make the playoffs this year, then you will really know. But I think he's going to have a fabulous impact in Los Angeles playing alongside LeBron, two guys who are probably two, two of the probably top five smartest basketball players playing today, now playing on the same team and schooling young guys. They're going to put them up on a lot of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be some great old school versus new school scrimmages going on in Lakerland. Um, you know, with a Michael Beasley, a LeBron, a Rondo, uh, JaVale McGee on one side, you got Alonzo Ball and, and, and Kuzma and Josh Hart and all those guys on the other side. It's going to be some great basketball. I think it's going to be interesting because now you got LeBron with the Lakers and you still have a dominant Golden State team. Who had a dominant West. Yeah, you know, so now it, it kind of looks – I I know I'm a wrestling guy. All right, yep. so like all of my basketball knowledge, you could probably put on the tip of my pinky. Gotcha. But here's here's my feeling as a casual fan from the outside. To me, the real NBA Finals mm-hmm. is going to be that Western Conference Championship. Well, we'll see they've because been, they've been saying that for years, and I think that you know, I, I'll say this: I think the Cavs always went in under man. Um, mm-hmm. First year, Kyrie and Love are gone, and Delavadova is your second best player. Delavadova is a guy who doesn't. Yeah, but think about this. You know, LeBron in his Cavs career, I mean, prior to getting Kyrie in love, really had played with no one of any Nobody. real significance. Right. Zajunas Ogalskis. His he, he went to finals with Booby Gibson and Mo Williams. <laughs> Booby. Booby has is, is not been in the league since he left the Cavs. Right. Mo Williams has not played since he left the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Um, neither of them started for anyone else. 
Larry Hughes. Yeah. Didn't show up. I mean, Eric Snow, good friend of mine, guy from from Canton, uh-huh. couldn't couldn't throw it in the ocean. Nope. You know, I mean, he he really, you know, took a team, you know, the first Cavs team to the finals with nobody carried, yeah, carry, carry, and he was literally carrying the this the team this last four times. Mm-hmm. So I think that you know um, he actually has some young legs now. He actually has some. I mean, I think you can see him play thirty hard minutes a night. And play on both ends now because he doesn't have to do everything offensively. Right. And you're, I, I, I'm just going to say it now. I think he's going to be defensive player of the year um, because I think he's going to be the guy who locks down whomever it is on the other squad who's getting off. I think he's going to take that on himself to do because he knows that between himself and Rondo and Lonzo Ball, they can get other guys buckets. They can get Brandon Ingram buckets. They can get Kuzma buckets. Josh Hart won MVP of the Summer League. They can get him buckets. They can get some of these young – JaVale McGee will catch a lob and finish. Um, they have guys who they can get buckets for, so he doesn't have to come down. and sc- He's not going to have to score 51 in the finals now. Right. He's going to have to play 30 hard minutes and and – and twenty of those twenty of those hards max out on defense. Right, but he can. I mean, he can sit on the bench and he can trust. Yeah, and, you know, like, and like he know, ain't got. He ain't got. He's gonna be the guy, but he ain't got to be the guy. He doesn't. And you can all. And then, and when you do need a bucket, you can always put it in his hands. Yeah, he can still revive. You know, the Cavalier LeBron, the, the Miami right. Heat LeBron, where he can distribute and you can run offense through him when you absolutely have to. And things maybe on nights where they struggle, he can carry them through. But he won't have to carry them night after night after night like he did with the Cavs. I right. mean, he just he just won't have to do that. Yeah. I and now that it. now that the league's kind of come back to him, and now that they've eliminated more back to back nights, the road trips, the overnighters, and all that stuff. So that's for an aging LeBron. That's playing into his wheelhouse, giving the, him more rest, the, keeping that body healthy. The only thing you have to keep in mind is that playing in the West, you're going to be playing. A, a, I think what is a tougher schedule, top to bottom. Because Denver is a greatly improved team. Yes. Uh, Minnesota, you, you don't know what kind of heart they have, but they do have talent. Um, you know, Portland Trailblazers is not a team that lays down. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma City is not a team that lays down. Uh, the Warriors are not going to lay down. Houston Rockets are not going to lay down. The Utah Jazz are not going to lay down. I think you have a lot of teams in the West that all think they're contenders. And so if they play, you know, the way mm-hmm. the way the West should play, um, it could be a, a you know a really really exciting time. Contrast that with the East, where I think you have Boston, who is head and shoulders above everyone else right now, and then you uh-huh. have then you have uh, I, I guess I would say Philly would be my next best favorite. And if they pick up if they wind up picking up Jimmy Butler, then I might I might say they might be right on par with Boston. Mm-hmm. And then you have you know you got your you got your Washington Wizards, which are always going to be right about there, but. But I don't think they're going to be great. The Cavs will be interesting. I think they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll be a six or seven seed. That's what I was thinking. I think they're going to back their way in. I mean, because they only got now is they got Love anchoring the team. That's their only real star power. Well, and then the rest of it, the rest of it is just they have role players, right? And you if know, they, like situational players. But they do have guys who've shown shown some things. I liked Ante Zizic. I wanted to see him play last year in the in the finals because. He was just a solid big man who could make buckets, you know, from two feet in. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Jetty Osman. I I, I want to see him get more minutes, and I think he's gotten better and more confident. And I can say this about him: Jetty's been out on the West Coast working out with LeBron uh, on a regular basis. LeBron liked Jetty. 
Mm-hmm. Um, LeBron really liked Chetty. He liked everything about him, his heart, his hustle, his grit. Um, if the Cavs don't wind up signing Jetty to a long-term con- contract, watch the make a move. Yeah. Make, watch and see if LeBron doesn't try to get him out there because he's he's a bigger Delavadova. Yeah, and with a better shot. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I would agree. He's a bigger Deli with a better shot, and so I think that uh, um, Jetty could be interesting for the Cavs this year. If Rod is what Rodney Hood, we gonna get? You know, we gonna get Rodney Hood from Utah. We gonna get? I mean, because yeah, it's hard to play with LeBron, but really. What's hard is that now you have to hit an open shot as opposed to hitting a, a driving, slashing, twisting, contorting shot, which Rodney Hood hit on a regular basis in Utah but couldn't hit an open jump so, shot yeah. in Cleveland. Yeah, if you make it difficult for him, he's got you. <laughs> but if it's wide open and easy, That's the thing about so playing with a great player. Yeah. But I think I think younger players thrive in that more than, than veteran players. And so I think Rodney Hood, having been in the league a few years and having had to do so much to get his scoring off in Utah – didn't know how how to handle easy buckets. You know what I mean? He just mm-hmm. didn't know how to handle getting easy buckets, getting ready and getting easy buckets, like a Kyle Korver. Kyle yeah. Korver can't play with a lot of teams. No. He he he, he just can't. But but with LeBron, he's gonna get a, a dozen shots a game, which gives him, you know, if he yeah, shoots. Yeah, because you gotta let you gotta let Korver go over and get his spot, sit in his basically or sit, sit sit in his tree stand and shoot the deer from or or down screen for him, have him come uh-huh. off that screen hard yep. and get his shot off. I mean, those are the two things that he can yep. do. And and they're, they're, you, you have to have an offense geared towards that. Otherwise, he's useless to you on the floor. Mm-hmm. So I, it'll be interesting to see what the Cavs do. I, I'm, I'm hoping that they, I will always be hoping that they do well. And I'll go see them when they come and play the Lakers. And I will have my Cavs jersey on, uh-huh. Boo and LeBron on that game and that game only. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, I, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I loved it. I loved it in, in 2016 when they won the championship. I got a chance. I took my kids, and we went down for the parade, like me and, yeah. and 1.3 million of my closest friends right. and family, right? Right. And just to see the way that that city celebrated finally a win um, and a championship finally in Cleveland was just, I, I don't know, it was like everything that like my dad and I, my granddad and, and my dad <laughs> and everybody had talked about. Finally, winning a championship because I I'm it was too, a release. It was yeah. an emotional release, and it was it was. I think it got the city over a mental block. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I mean, it, because it's not just. It wasn't just the Cavs got one. Um, they had gotten close that in 2015, mm-hmm. and then the Browns had had so many heartaches in the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in their in sort of their heyday when yeah. they when the they drive had some, the fumble. They, yeah, red, and it was right, always the, always to Denver. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And and. Um, and then the Indians, you know, heartbreak in 95, more heartbreak in 97. Mm-hmm. Um, heartbreak, you know, a couple of years ago against the Cubs. I mean, goodness, we tie it up in the bottom of the ninth, and then we have a 20-minute rain delay. Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, yeah. really? We're, we're yeah. Really? This, this is how God set it up for us this yeah. time? Yeah. You know, we, we just get it tied on a miraculous homer. We knock out Araldis Chapman, mm-hmm. and now, now we got to wait, you know, 20, 30 minutes to get back on the field. And then we came back with the same picture, you know, 20, 30 minutes later. Yes. He, just, he was whipped. That was it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I just think that, you know, I, I will say this. For the Cleveland sports fan um, and for the kids on campus who are from Ohio, um, LeBron has left at a great time. Mm-hmm. The Browns are improved. Whether, whether, whether that last week was the only game they win this year, yeah. they, are, they are improved and they're better to watch. Yeah, that's um, what I, I've been saying, that like the whole thing around Baker Mayfield, it's not necessarily hype, it's hope. 
And, and it's legit hope because you listen to this guy speak, and it's not just athlete speak. It's not just coach speak. Like this is stuff the kids actually he. He like can he play. believes it. He can play. I, I, you know, I worked in Oklahoma for six years, and so I'm very familiar with Stoops. I'm very familiar with the Oklahoma program and Oklahoma State's program, and I can tell you that the players who played with Baker Mayfield believed in him. Like the OU players believed in him. They didn't. It wasn't. That was not phony. That he was the leader. G- generally, you sort of say the quarterback is the de facto leader of a team, regardless. Mm-hmm. That's not always true. You know, sometimes it's a linebacker. Sometimes it's your back. Sometimes it's just your best player that you truly follow. Like nobody would argue that it wasn't Ray Lewis. It wasn't Joe Flacco. No, it was Ray uh, Lewis or, was, or Ed Reed. Nice yeah. You know what I mean? So it, nobody, you know, it, it, Baker was their leader, and Baker just has natural leadership abilities. In addition to the fact that he makes plays, and so when you combine those two, it makes other guys want to make plays too. And it raises your level. And I think that that's what Mayfield is going to do. He's going to raise some guys' levels. And and that should account for some games. So when you have a Mayfield there and excitement with the Browns, when you have the Indians headed back to postseason, just beat Boston two out of three earlier this week um, and looking really good and smashed uh, Chicago last night, put up ten runs. Um, and when you have the Cavs, you know, coming off four straight finals, but – still looking like they could be a competitive team in the East or at least make the playoffs, you know, six, seven, eight seed, um, and maybe maybe get a first rounder, you know, maybe get into the, you know, maybe get into the second round. Um, this is a good time for LeBron to go ahead and leave because the Cleveland sports fan has a lot to look forward to and a lot to hang on to. And like I said, baseball postseason is coming. You're going to see the Cavs team just like last year right. running over to the stadium through the tunnel to make sure that they're there to cheer on the tribe and, and who's a better player to watch than Francisco Lindor these days? Oh my lord! He I is. Love that kid. He's magical to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, he reminds me of you know a Vizquel in the field, yes. but with a but with such a better uh, you know a hit switch hitter who can hit from power on both sides, um, steal bases. I mean, what can't he do? I mean, he's and he just clearly has joy in playing the game. So I love watching him. Yeah, I I love the personality of this team, especially with like just the different players you got. Brantley, you got Kipnis, you know, dirty dog players, and then you got, you know, Edwin and Carson Young. I always spell it. I always Encarnacion. Yeah, Encarnacion. I always mispronounce that one. Um, with and then you got like J Ram and and everybody else, and it's just the way that their personalities are so different, but the way they all function together as a, as a piece of the whole, and, it, and it, it's you know, awesome. You know, the crazy thing is that everybody's Houston, 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 or Houston or Boston. They think. But I, I really think the I really think the tribe's best shot is actually this year because sometimes you just have to be ready for it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you, I mean, I don't think they were ready to win that World Series. No. Uh, you know, really the last couple of years, I don't think they were ready in the postseason. But I think I think from two years ago, they thought last year we're going to get back there, and then they come up just short. And I think those lessons now from the last two years are really going to pay their dividends. This year, because this year, some of that same core is there. This is their third year together. And that's kind of when it always comes together for for you as a team, when you've gotten that third year with your core core group and and they just know how to pick each other up. You know, I mean, you just Mm -hmm. you just know that it's like playing ball here. I mean, by our by our junior year, really, we were a machine. We knew exactly what we were going to do. We knew we wanted to go to national playoffs. We knew 
those were goals and we were we were determined that we were going to make national playoffs you know in 89 we made it and then it, the following year in 90 we made it and and i mean but we were we were kind of like whether we win the conference or not we're going to the national playoffs you know right. what i mean that was the mentality i'm glad you brought it back there 1104 here on 88.9 WFSE fighting scots radio of Edinburgh. This is the morning after. I am your host, Tubby, and on air I have with me special guest, alumna Randy McElwain here with me. Uh, what year did you graduate? Was I was eighty. I was I graduated in ninety, but I was done in eighty nine. That was my last season. Okay. I graduated. The, I went for another semester, which is the semester I did the internship in. Okay. So class of, class of eighty nine then. Yes. Right. Okay. And uh, talking, getting back to football, and you made a, a a good point about Baker Mayfield and the leadership, and you know, best going on best. We talked to our coaches at Edinburgh currently, uh, Coach Bradford and Coach Corey, Coach Neely, Coach Limbach, all those guys, and they talk about their offensive line and their defensive line, mm. and it's it's their bet like ones on ones going on their best because mm. our offensive line is stingy when it comes to mm-hmm. letting our quarterback get dirty. They don't let that happen very right. often. Right. But then on the same side, our defensive line is just ferocious coming through with the four-man front. You got the two big guys in the middle making a push, and then the two guys on the outside just absolute assassins. So, I mean, it's it, to see this team make the turnaround that they've done from four years ago, my freshman year when they came in, and they were right. like, oh, for everything. Right. Then, uh, you know, Coach leaves. We get Coach Lestick and comes in turns things around a little bit, then he leaves, then Coach Bradford, who's been with the program now for 20, I believe this is his 21st season with the right. with the program, second as uh, head coach, and just to see it continuing and how these guys have, have blossomed and really come together. Well, let me just say this about Coach Bradford. I think he's the right person for the job because he's somebody who wants to be here, yep. and, and Edinburgh matters to him, and it matters to his family, and so I think that when you're always, when you're looking for a head coach, you're not looking for somebody who's looking for the stepping stone. You know, I thought Justin was going to make a home here because he's from Erie. And I, I was trying to invest in Justin a little bit. And I was very disappointed that he left um, just because he had expressed so much enthusiasm for the program. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, I was trying to help him recruit in Northeast Ohio. Um, even being out in Los Angeles, I was trying to make it back and forth and whatnot. And so I thought that um, I was disappointed that he left, but I was happy that they brought Coach Bradford and go ahead, went ahead and promoted him because it mat- the place, this place matters to him. It would matter to him if he weren't the coach. It would still matter. Mm-hmm. He'd still look through, you know, he'd still scroll online to find out what Edinburgh did. And that's the kind of guy that you want um, at the helm of your program. So I'm really glad that he's there. And as far as, you know, the turnaround for the program, uh, you know, I, I know they let one get away last week. And, and I know oh, they, it was close. I, I know they let him get, they let one off the hook last week. But, you know, my message to them would be to, you know, re- reevaluate your goals now. You know, mm-hmm. what, what, what is left of your season now? You've only lost one game. Uh, things can turn around. They could lose, and then you could be right in the thick of it for the PSAC West. But beyond that, uh, make it your, your mission to make it to the national playoffs. If you come out of this season with just one loss, you're playoff bound. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you have a, you have a huge goal in front of you yep. if you want it. Whether you win the West or not, there's still a huge goal out there in front of you. There are still national rankings at stake. If you get that job done – you're in the national playoffs, and now you got a now you've got a, an opportunity um, to to win or go home, and mm-hmm. that's really all you can ask for. In my senior year, it was North Dakota State, which who knew that they were going to become the powerhouse that they are right now in football. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're essentially a factory, yep. and frankly, if you're a D1 team, it, it, Minnesota's found out, other D1 programs have found out. 
Don't play North Dakota State first no. game of the year. No, you will you don't get want beat. That. You will get beat. You don't mm-hmm. want that smoke. So yeah. you know you will get beat. And they put out kids who go into pro. Carson Wentz went to North Dakota State, mm-hmm. um, and so they have a very very good program. But who knew? You know, when we played them at night in '89, that they would go on to be the kind of program that they are now. Have a dome stadium, um, and be putting out you know guys who are getting drafted, not just signing as free agents, but being drafted into the NFL. I mean, right. you, you have to sort of marvel at that a little bit. You know that that that's where they came from—a Division II program in, in 1989 to a, a four, five, six-time FCS champion. Um, and, and the funny thing is that when I was a reporter in Texas, uh, you know, they play the Division One AA game, you know, mm-hmm. the, the FCS championship in Frisco, Texas, right. where, I, where I was living in Texas, right outside of Dallas. North Dakota State was down there. First year that they came down there, I think they played Delaware State. And I got a chance to see Phil Hansen, who we had played against, <laughs> and some other guys who had played for them who were doing radio broadcasts. And we were reminiscing about the game. And so I wound up doing a story for it for the NBC station I was working for at the time. And I brought out my old yearbook, you know, of our score. And so I started talking to North Dakota State fans who had arrived, you know, early in the week. Mm-hmm. You know, they were just getting out of North Dakota. Just camping out get, get, early. Getting some warm weather. Mm-hmm. They were in Texas. They were in shorts and T-shirts in December, and they were happy about it, you know. And I asked an old timer, I said, hey, what's the best game you've ever seen uh, played in North Dakota State? You know, at the at the outdoor stadium before you guys got the dome, and he looked at me and he kind of scratched his head. He said, "You know, it was a playoff game. It's like 1989." He said, "I can't even remember the name of school. It's a funny name, you know, school out of Pennsylvania." He said, "Man, we came out and blitzed these guys. Went up 14 nothing. It was cold as the bejesus mm-hmm. out there that day." And he said, "You know, we went out and blitzed them early. And we thought they were just going to roll over like everyone else had rolled over." He said, next thing we know, you know, this team is storming back, and it was back and forth and back and forth, and we finally won. He said, I remember standing outside the, their locker room waiting with a group of fans to applaud them and their effort, you know, because we had heckled them hard, you know, during the game until they shut us up. You know, he said, I remember standing outside and shaking hands. I was one of the guys who he shook hands with, <laughs> um, and I reminded him. And I reminded him of that. And I said it was Edinburgh University. He said you're absolutely right. And I said, yep, I was one of those players. You know. And he said, what number did you? I said I was a tight end. He said you were 88. I said yeah. And uh, he just, I mean, he remembered everything. Right. Just talks about fandom, you know, and fan bases and stuff like that. They have a rabid fan base, but this guy hasn't missed a North Dakota State game in like 40 years. Right. He's that old timer. He's been there, yeah. Who's, who's sat out there in blizzards, and I'm telling you when we played that game it was minus four at kickoff with a 55 degree windshield it was <laughs> it was so cold we didn't warm up we came out warmed up the coaches said hell with it. let's go stretch in the, in the locker room it was that cold i mean we i i had never experienced anything like that the snow in north dakota doesn't even melt in your in the palm of your hand no. it falls out like old laundry detergent mm-hmm. it's like granules it's not even like snowflakes so it was <laughs> It was unlike any conditions we'd ever played in, and and the field was turf, which was just frozen. Right. It was so it was, it was just like an it was like a skating rink. At it that took point. us a quarter just to get our just to you know for the cold to not take your breath away. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was literally hard to breathe. You know, I, I wore Rex specs at the time. They were frozen to my face. I had to come in and like stand over a heater to like let it melt off to keep from just ripping you know ripping the skin off my eyes basically it was it was brutally brutally cold there's no exaggeration and and I'm saying that as somebody who went to school here in the snowbelt right and we used to have to hold 
hold arms and pity pat to pat down the snow back before we had this great dome. Uh-huh. We just practiced outside in the snow. It would be two, three feet of lake effect snow, and we would just have to pity pat it down, you know, walk and, and, and try to smash it down, running sprints on it uh, to get it low enough for us to practice on. I can remember breaking fingers, and you're sticking them in the snow all day. You don't even know they're broken. You know, you come back, take a shower in the locker room. Next thing you know, your hand looks like a boxing glove. Yeah, it's all you know. It's like, oh man, I must have broken something. But you never, you never felt it. You were sticking it back in ice. So we were used to cold, but not like that, dude. That was that was cold. That must have been rough. You were talking about uh, the D one schools not wanting much. There was a a report came out. uh, Pitt coach Pat Narduzzi says he likes playing a a tough non conference schedule. Quote: We could go play Bloomsburg and Edinburgh. But I don't think I'd have a lot of fun doing that. Hey, well, let me tell you something. To which, which, hold on, I got to get you in this reply because you'll love this reply. To which um, our own coach, Jack Corey, replied, no, it wouldn't be much fun. Hashtag the jungle. And he quoted the NCAA statistics, national rankings, rank number one, Edinburgh, in takeaways with 22. Exactly. And, And let me tell you this. Okay, because they don't do this anymore. Back when we were, when I was in school, nineteen when I came here in nineteen eighty six, Pitt used to practice up here. They mm-hmm. had camp here, so our camp was going on, and Pitt's camp was going on, and Pitt's band was up here. They had the Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. Golden Girls always liked us because we were different than the guys that were on their campus. Right. But every year we would we would go to coach and be like, man, let's go ahead and scrimmage Pitt. You know. And Pitt was the ones who never wanted to scrimmage. Right. We wanted we wanted to test our skills against mm-hmm. Pitt. We wanted a piece of them. And a lot of our guys were kids who played in Coriopolis, Ambridge, Aliquippa, Montoursville, Swickley, you know, all right. of the, Mount From Lebanon. The WPIL. They were yep. they, exactly. They were kids who grew up on Pitt on Pitt football. We wanted a piece of Pitt back in the day, and they never wanted a piece of us. So they can say that now. Uh, right. They they can talk that game now. Um, but you know, back in the day, they were not talking that game. We would have gladly played. Pay, we would have paid. We would have played them right on the practice fields, right over there, uh-huh. w- behind where the dome is. We would have gladly lined up and knocked heads with them and see what happened. Could have been. Uh, I just. I wish I would have been able to see it. Anyway, so it's eleven fifteen here uh, at the studio, and I, I want to get into a little bit of the Gannon. Gannon's coming down here, homecoming. Yep. for this game. Um, it's it's kind of a rivalry. I I don't consider it a rival. Just it's a simply proximity be, rivalry. It's a proximity simply because you know they're a privately funded school. They're white collar. We're blue collar. You know it. You know I call them cake eaters. You know because <laughs> you know they're privileged and all that. To me, our true rival is that school down south, Slippery Rock. You know, and I, I just you know to call this Gannon game a rivalry, but. You know, it's a backdoor. It's part of the the fictional that Tom Risenweber and I call the Erie County Crown. Right, right. That nobody cares about but a right. sports talk people. Right. Um, so it, it's, I mean, it's got some meaning to it. It's local bragging rights. Yeah. I mean, it's local bragging. It's, it's the Browns and, and, and the Bengals. You know, it's local yeah. bragging rights. It's yeah. the battle of, like you said, the battle of Erie County. Um, I think that Ed- Edinburgh should, should not just beat, but they should, it's homecoming. Yeah, you know, I want to hear I want to hear our school song play. I want to hear it play on a loop all day on Saturday, and so because it's the only time I get to hear it. Um, despite the fact that I've been to games all over, ours is the school song that doesn't get duplicated at other schools. Yep, you can hear other people's song, their mel- the melody get played over and over again by different schools. 
they just have different words they add to it. Our song is unique in that it's the only place you're going to hear it um, unless you you run across a team named the Highlanders or something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to hear the song play over and over again. I, I, I never thought of Gannon as being on our level. Um, sorry to, if any Gannon folks are listening. I never thought of them as being on our level. Um, I, I still don't think that they're on our level competitively, and I think we should just take it to them. And, and you know, homecoming is a game you pour it on. Mm-hmm. And so if I were to encourage Coach Bradford to do anything, I'd say run it up. Yep. You know, keep them starters in until late in the third quarter and run it up if you can. Right. Um, because what you want to do is send them back um, with their tails between their legs. And for any recruits who are around here who are undecided about Edinburgh or Gannon, leave no doubt for them. Yeah, that Edinburgh is the better program. Yep. Come and out, so, punch them in the mouth, yes. and put them on the bus early. Punch them in the mouth, and then punch their friend in the mouth, and right. then put them on the bus. And take their lunch money. Yes, yes. Dang it, I'm hungry. <laughs> I tell coach, I co- I tell coach Neely, our defense coordinator, all the time. I was like, Coach, I'm hungry. There you go. Come on, come on. Let's let's eat on Saturday. I'm hungry. There you let's go. Let's eat. There you go. So I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. It's it's going to be fun. Last year, two years ago, they came down, uh, and things got a little bit heated. So we'll have to see how that plays out this week. I don't. I don't think, because to me, it's almost like a, it's kind of a trap game. Gannon hasn't won yet. They're right. looking to get some get right, and they're looking to come in here not and here. try to get it against us. Not here. I mean, this is not the place where you where you get your mojo back. You know, when you run out to the sock, I mean, it's it's yeah. time to get it on it. And and you know, like I said, I mean, you know, I'm I'm hoping that the borough is pissed. Because we let one get away last week. We mm-hmm. let him off the hook. Yeah. We had a lead late, and we let him off the hook. Right. You know, we couldn't stop a drive. We, you know, silly mistakes. And I hope they look at the film critically because in games like that, it's, it's, it's not just a missed assignment. It's a misstep. You know, you led with the wrong foot. You know, you released inside instead of outside. Or you didn't, bre- you didn't, run the, you didn't break your route off crisp enough. You mm-hmm. didn't come back to the ball. It's it's a step here, a step there that's the difference right. in a ball game like this. And so I'm hoping they've looked at the film, they've had a chance to evaluate it, and they put it behind them. And now they're ready to move on with the next set of goals, right. which should be getting to the national playoffs. Because the thing the thing that last Saturday showed me, for for as long as I've been here at Edinburgh, and I'm now in my my fourth year here, and just growing up around the area and following Edinburgh in the PSAC West. There's always been this gap, and it's always been IUP and Cal at the top. IUP Cal, IUP Cal, and then there's this gap of late, of, of late. late. I mean, Cal, like last, when I, I want to say we last were, four years. Back when we were there, you know, it was always IUP. They had the most money, mm-hmm. and so IUP was on top. And uh, you know, every it was IUP and everybody else. You know, that's the way it was. It was IUP and pretty much everybody else. But um, we still hold the record for the worst loss that IUP has ever had. I mean, they they lost to North Dakota State in the. In the in the playoffs, 50, 55 to 11. But the year before, we beat them 37 nothing, right in the sock. Right. You know, and that's still the worst loss they've ever had. In fact, I've seen, you know, Frank Signetti since that time, mm-hmm. who was their coach back then. I remind him, we got you 37 nothing. <laughs> and we scored all 37 in the second half. It was 0 0 at halftime. Right. And so I always remind anybody I see, Jai Hill or any of those guys that I see around. Um, that we got y'all thirty-seven nothing. You, yeah. you got to, you got to live yeah. with that forever. Yeah, forever. Yeah, here's you know. that L. I'm gonna pull it out my pocket. I'm gonna hang that, it on you again. That picture sits on my desk at work. Thirty-seven. <laughs> uh, us standing in front of the scoreboard. Thirty-seven nothing. PSAC champs. That's awesome. Yes. So I, I'm hoping. I mean, because to me, with with the separation gap, them being able to play with Cal shows me that they're one step closer. They're 
right there. They can play with these guys. They're not they're not the juggernauts that they used to be. These guys still it, it kind of humanized the rest of the PSAC for me. Right. And reminded me that you know what? These guys are these guys are just are just human too. They put their pants on one leg at a time. It, you know what? I mean, I, I think the gap is not very very wide at all. I think again, I think it's play a play here or a play there. And I think that's always the way it is, really. I mean, it's about football is about execution. Mm-hmm. If everybody is doing what they're supposed to be doing, you have a reasonable chance at success. If if you have ten guys who are going hard and one guy who doesn't know the player to snap count, doesn't matter. Yep. Doesn't matter what you do. If they, yep. if that if 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 you have a, your center and guard or if your center and guard is being dominated by a nose tackle or a defensive tackle, doesn't matter what else you're doing. He's in the backfield disrupting stuff constantly. Doesn't matter how well you're executing on the outside. Doesn't matter that you had it all blocked. Doesn't matter that you picked up the blitz. If you can't, you know, what I mean, it can be one play here or there, or one misstep here or there. And so, I, you know, I think the gap isn't really that wide, and and the physicality level is is there for Edinburgh. We, it's just about execution and cleaning up the little stuff. Cleaning up the little stuff. There's enough talent here, I think, right now. Like I said, where they can make a deep run in national playoffs. If they clean up the little stuff, right? You know, and that's that's just what it is. It's the little little stuff. I tell my kids all the time. It's these are my two buzzwords I use constantly, and they're they're sick of it. But I tell them all the time. It's about focus, mm-hmm. and it's about control. Because yeah. if you can't have self control, there's no way you can control your opponent. Yep. yep. And if you're not focused up and you're not paying attention, then you're not in control. And if you're not in control, you're being controlled. And the only thing that can overcome those two is effort. Mm-hmm. If you are just given max effort. On every play, good things are going to happen for you more often than not. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is it is about maximum effort. I, I knew guys who didn't necessarily play under control and didn't really have a lot of focus. But, man, they were flying to the ball. Or when they, when they, when they locked up for a block, you were locked up. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so effort um, in football is, I mean, you, it's stark raving reality when you watch it on – on tape, you mm-hmm. see when a guy is lazy. You see when a guy is. It don't lie. It does not lie. And so, I think that you know, it, it, a play here, a play there. You take a break here. You take a break there. That was the tackle that that was missed. That was the catch that was missed. That was the block that was missed. And that's the ball game. Because how many times have you seen that play where if it's just one step, mm-hmm. or or on a punt return or a kick return, he right. just gets one block. Right. So that's that's the margin of error. You know, that's that and, and those are game changing plays as well. Those are the plays that that change everything in terms of the fortunes of a game. A football game can change just like that. You could have a team down seventeen, but one big play and all of a sudden momentum has shifted, your sideline gets involved, and and now you you almost can see, you know, the end. You can mm-hmm. almost you you could see the Patriots coming back on the Falcons. Right. You can see after that catch that Edelman made where it was inches off the ground and yep. it seemingly hit everybody in the defensive backfield twice yep. before it hit him, he catches that and you think, oh, shoot. Here they come. Here it comes. Yep. Here it comes. You could feel it. Yep. And they were still up a couple of touchdowns, but at that point you could feel it. Mm-hmm. Here Atlanta ain't going to hang on. They ain't, right. ain't going to be able to. All they can do right now is hang on. That, that's all they can do right. is hang on and hope the clock ticks out. Right. I, I really appreciate your time. It's been an awesome conversation with you. Thank Thanks you for so having much me, man. Thanks. for coming in. We went a little bit into overtime here as it's 824 here at the studio at 88.9 WFSC Fighting Scots Radio. We will be back Tuesday morning, 9 a.m., and we'll recap all the action 
from Homecoming. Join me and Maddie G. We'll also have Tom Reisenweber from the Erie Times News calling in, running down all of the local high school action from Friday night. And also, he's coming down for Homecoming, so we'll get his opinion of Homecoming as well. If you missed any part of the show, make sure you check out Edinburgh Now. Dot com, the home of Campus Media. Campus Media, we are everywhere you are. So until Tuesday, Burrow, have yourselves a great homecoming.